Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy. Coming in echoey, still I try and find the right spot in my place uh, to shoot these shows. But today's guest is none other than Zachary Babcock. He's a badass, and I'm looking forward to actually being on his show soon as well. Um, but the guy is just really, really cool. Zachary, you gotta forgive me for this, man. I really haven't dug into a lot of what you do, um, but I dig what you put out. So I've actually, I'm going to ask you a little bit more about your story today. So real quick before we get into that, I just want to give a quick shout out to you. And again, you guys sponsoring us, which is underdogempowerment.com. Go there, check out their podcast, check out the website, sign up to a subscribe list uh, and follow him on social media. He's fucking hilarious and he always kicks up to the truth <laughs> because that that's what I mean. I dig your stuff because it's fucking awesome. So Zachary, please tell me and my listeners more about you. Woo! What is up, Adil, man? Thank you so much for having me on the show, bro. And that was a hell of an intro. I appreciate it, my man. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, dude, dude, there's a lot to unpack. I mean, we all have a lot, uh, a lot of story to unpack. But, you know, I got, I got into entrepreneurship, bro, because I didn't get into it because I thought it was like the cool thing to do or whatever, like everybody else is. Now, I do think it's cool and it's definitely my zone of genius and what I, what I believe I was born to do. But I got into entrepreneurship because it was literally the only shot I had in life to me, uh, a standard that, uh, or to live at my own standards. And the reason why I say that, I was a knucklehead growing up, man. I did over five years of my life in prison uh, for being a knucklehead. And, uh, you know, I, I, I made poor decisions when I was 17 and 19. I went away for four years, came out for two years at, at age 23, kind of had my shit together, but not all the way. Um, and I ended up getting a DWI and went back to prison 20 days before my twin sons were born. Oh, and uh, yeah, dude, that was it for me, dude. That moment right there, I was like, fuck this, dude. All I ever wanted growing up was to be the father I didn't have growing up. And that was my decision to, hey, we're going to turn this shit around. And we're going to make it happen some way, somehow. Yeah, for sure. By the way, just quick heads up because Skype always plays up. Can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, cool. Because sometimes it's like muted. I'm like, God damn it. No, I'm not. <laughs> I haven't touched anything. Um, but what I was going to say was, that's incredible. So I got to ask real quick, what was it that actually got you in initially? And there is a reason I ask. Yeah, in the entrepreneurship? No, no. Like what actually when you were 17, 19 Oh, into prison? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, dude, I grew up – I started smoking weed when I was nine years old, like literally legit yeah. nine years old. Uh, my, my father died when I was seven. My mom never remarried. And I was looking up to all the – wrong uh male role models growing up and we grew up in in ferguson missouri uh, just i was just always doing stupid stuff and I, I didn't have any chief aim in life and um i was definitely a rebel i would never go to school and i would always do i always did everything to like stand out and to like uh get in trouble and be like hey you know i'm different i'm not going to conform or whatever i've it, but i i took it overboard and, and instead of and i still am that same person but i just do it effectively yeah, and, no. and and in the right ways now but but yeah man to answer that that question though by the time i was 17 uh, I went out and uh, with uh, four other friends or three other friends. It was four of us, and we stole a bunch of uh, merchandise from people's cars and from their garage doors. If they if, in the garage, if they left that open, and uh, and then we stole a car and uh, had two counts stealing over five hundred. So just a bunch of stupid stuff. Being knuckleheads, punk teenagers, and we went out the second night. And uh, we got pulled over and had stolen property on us. And I took the rap for all my friends and ended up catching the case. And that's what I initially went in for, um, just being an idiot. No, I wouldn't say that's really being an idiot. I'd say for the people that are younger and listening to the show, because I do know I have some younger people. Look, until you're like 25 years old, you're a fucking moron. True. <laughs> like, 
Dude, I got into entrepreneurship at 18 years old. Do you know what I was doing until I was about 23, 24? I was still legally fighting. Like, I was still <laughs> legally going into gym. Like, I had three knee operations, and I still went back to the gym at 16 years old with three knee operations. And they're like, every time you have a knee operation, they tell you you need eight weeks of rest. I was in the gym in six weeks trying to throw roundhouse kicks and spinning back kicks and, like, just working like boxing and doing my footwork. That's how I blew up my knee again. So when you're <laughs> up until you're 25 years old, you're you're basically a knucklehead. You, as you said, you don't know shit. But the thing that's quite powerful with you and what inspires the hell out of me with you is um, how you found purpose when you got out. A lot of people don't. They just stay in and they stay in that mentality and they never really evolve. And I truly believe that there are a lot of people that are in those situations, whether in prison or whether in a prison of their own mind, they're just scared of figuring out what chief direction they want to go in. And you figured it out because I have this belief. All entrepreneurs, we're basically that knucklehead kid with opportunity to help others now. Yeah, man. That's all I see it as. So my question to you was, what did you do specifically to actually know that podcasting was your platform? Like, what did you do to get that? Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's a that's a great, great question. And, you know, I, I got out. After doing, uh, I ended up going it back in for eight months. I got out after eight months, came home, couldn't get a job anywhere. I did network marketing for two years at the time. I didn't even know what network marketing was, so you couldn't even scare me off with the word pyramid scheme, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I made uh, almost a $2,000 a month residual income within my first six months, and that was cool, but it just it wasn't my thing, man. I started feeling like a parasite. I mean, there's other great companies and network marketers out there, but I was taught, hey, man, just blow everybody up on your list and try and get them to join your opportunity or product or whatever. So I lost my passion for it, bro. And and this is pretty funny. I think your listeners will appreciate this. Uh, Adil, I, I became a life coach and uh, and I didn't, I didn't make a single penny or help a single person as a life coach because I said some bullshit like, I'll help you live a better life. I'll help you step into your purpose and like what all this other stupid shit, you know? And uh, it was because I, yeah, I didn't know anything about marketing, bro. And I, I, I didn't have a specific problem that I solved for a specific person. And I was just all over the place and I struggled, man. And for like... Uh, all of 2017 and, and a big part of 2018 and um i launched the underdog empowerment podcast so and i actually because i started dude i became i got brainwashed into the whole funnel hacks or click funnel world or whatever for a while there um they actually teach some good stuff but i just yeah whatever that's another no, story no no don't get me wrong on that you and i I've, I've got my own stuff with them but like don't get me wrong i love russell i love what they teach but yeah there is there is a couple of things yeah, exactly. Like the integrity part of it, just like fake. I, I feel like they just teach people to fake it till you make it. And I kind of went with that, man. It's like, oh, now I can't do it. But I launched the podcast, bro, and and I nailed it on 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 my because uh, I was like, man, I'm just gonna speak to who I was yesterday. You know, it's for underdog entrepreneurs, people that feel like they got uh, you know all the odds stacked against them. They had this grandiose vision, people laughing at them, counting them out, but they're doing whatever it takes to level up and uh, to prove those motherfuckers wrong and get the respect that they deserve, regardless of whatever the resources is. You know, uh, it doesn't matter what the, it just you had that vision and people counting you out. Well. I nailed it with that, um, but however, bro, the, and and it blew up. First week, top 200 rated podcast. I started interviewing all these like celebrity types and getting invited to speak, but I still didn't know that specific problem that I could solve for that person, and I was just all over the place, but my podcast is blowing up, which was awesome, but bro, this is 
this is what this and I'm sorry for the long-winded answer, but I feel oh, like this is, I feel like this is so valuable, bro. So I teamed up with this guy that had a program, uh, and it was for lead gen customer acquisition and scaling a business. And it had a thousand successful graduates and uh, over two, 20 million in revenues. And we teamed up, we repurposed this program, and we're getting people coming through the program. And I'm like the face of it because we were leading with the, my brand with the podcast. However, I'm feeling like a straight maggot, a parasite, because I'm sitting here trying to achieve what I'm teaching people by fucking teaching it. And it was just ass backwards. And, it, and I felt the like the imposter syndrome. I never scaled a fucking business. I was struggling to make money at this point in time. You know what I mean? And um, I felt like those guys that legit take a picture in front of Rena Lamborghini and promising you to make you a millionaire overnight. And um, man, it was tough. This, this was one of the toughest things I ever did. But man, it was one of the best decisions I ever made. I made a post and I said, hey, look, man, this is what I'm doing. I can't do it no more. It violates my integrity. I can't be that fake guru. I'm pulling the plug on this. This is no longer available. I'm going back to the drawing board. I'm going to continue building my podcast with my affiliate income, and I'll come back to the marketplace when I find a specific problem that I can solve for a specific type of person. It was so tough because you know we all want to be perceived as uh, as an expert to our audience yeah. as a, a credible source of information to our audience and we don't want to look like we're taking a step back but I, I just couldn't do it man it violated my integrity and when i did it though bro i had so many people reach out to me like bro i respect the hell out of you for that man not not too many people would say that and um it was awesome man and, and it took me a few more months a lot of people aren't as uh as uh slow as i am <laughs> but I, I looked i was like dude you've been crushing a podcast you can help people duplicate that just go with that and that here we are sorry for the long-winded answer no no that makes complete sense and i want to actually congratulate you for that more than anything because that's again it takes fucking balls to step up and go i'm making money but i need to step away from this because it's not in line with who i am and i don't feel right that's like an integral thing do you know how many six-figure and seven-figure copywriters i actually know do you know how many of them have ever made a fucking million dollars for their client Right. Like, I know a guy who literally walks around and says that he's a million, like, he's a certified, guaranteed million dollar copywriter. He's made 10 of his clients a grand total collected sum of a million dollars. Right. I'm a guy that's made my clients $540 million. And that million keeps adding by 10 every single month because one of my clients, literally, I up their business and they make 10 million more a month because of me. So I can tally that to my sales because I know it's using my shit that I put out. But to have the integrity to come out and say that, I got to commend you to the highest level. And I'm so glad that you're actually at the point right now where you're teaching other people to do podcasting because this gig, I've been consistent with my show for five years. And it was only last year that we broke through from having only maybe 1,000, maybe 2,000 listeners here or there every single month. It, it takes time. And just a quick side note on the whole slow thing. Um, it did not take you 11 years to figure out that your name had three A's in it. Okay? That took me 11 years to fucking figure that shit out. Because <laughs> I, I, I jokingly started going off as the AAA rated copywriter instead of the triple X rated. I'm like, triple a rated copywriter and um it took me 11 years to figure that out can you believe yeah that? man no nah, i mean i do believe that <laughs> it, it, it's 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 a journey a lot of people want that short you know what and to, to piggyback what i just said one of my mentors said some words to me he's like 
you just can't skip certain st- there's certain steps that just can't be skipped and i was like man that is so fucking powerful it's so true you know we all want to you know be successful and and whatnot but uh but yeah man cool guys give me just a second i'm gonna hit pause for just a second sorry about that we had to just pause for just a second to like sync up mics because uh, i was having a slight lag on my side but what i was gonna say um i agree with your mentor entirely because that's the best way to actually do it is just go out there and just be your best self and there is and something else you just said right now my brain is just spaced on it but i'll listen back to the replay what i will say that i wanted to ask you specifically because let's get into this if you're looking at growing your podcast what are the key things that you want to start off with like to basically ensure that your podcast launches in the right direction yeah bro so there's there's tons of uh ninja hacks that that i that i show people that that are i kind of lead with it with my offer because a lot of people you know people always you give people what they want or you sell people what they want and give them what they need um and and yes the ninja hacks are super awesome they're super dope you know getting ranked in the top 200 you know in in five weeks or less that's pretty dope or being able to grow your podcast uh thousands of monthly downloads that's pretty dope and monetizing it and all that stuff but really the most important piece dude like if you don't have this piece down right here uh it doesn't matter about any of those hacks because you're not going to stay there. You're not going to, you're not going to last. So you're just going to be a, uh, the the people will not continue to tune in. And, um, if you don't mind, can I, can I go through them real quick? Oh dude, I would appreciate if you did. Right on brother. So it's what I call the four W's of long-term podcasting success. And like I mentioned, man, if you don't have these four W's locked in, you will not have success in podcasting long-term. And a lot of people won't even come check you out in the first place. Uh, so let's dive right in, man. The, the first W is, um, what, what is your podcast about? Like, what the fuck is your podcast about? Uh, it's, it's kind of, I kind of go back to the example of when I was a life coach and didn't have my messaging dialed in, you know, you, you see it all the time on Facebook. Like people will say, uh, on their little Facebook bio, it says, I help people find the inner self to reveal their true purpose or what is it's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> How do you help people? What do you do? You know, and uh, you just got to be able to communicate that very clearly uh, in one sentence or better. So that way you can, you know, if anybody asks you, you could tell them in one sentence or better what exactly your podcast is about. And also, uh, more importantly, you're going to be throwing this in your show description. It's going to be maybe communicated through your intro in your podcast and topics that you discuss on your podcast. Um, and the reason why c- this communication is so important, because think about it, it's just like a bad throw in baseball. A bad throw in baseball will cost you a run or two, or maybe could even potentially cost you the game. Same here. If somebody comes and types in a keyword that brings up your podcast, somebody doesn't know anything about you yet, they're cold traffic, they're going to look at your thumbnail. If it looks enticing, then they're going to read you know, th- your uh, show description. And if you can't communicate what your podcast is about in that show description – they're going to bounce out and never hear from you again. And you might have just missed out on a potentially raving fan that loves your stuff, that was a perfect fit for your show, that tells all their friends about it and brings you so many listeners and viewership to your show and potential customers, but you just dropped the ball and and, and, and lost the game right there. So that's why it's really important to be able to communicate that um, very effectively. And then uh, the next W that we go into is uh, uh, who. Obviously, 
if you're if you don't and it's your audience and if you don't have an audience you're speaking into a uh, microphone full of air and um it's it's a lot like business in the fact of you know uh mapping out your ideal customer avatar and all that good stuff whatever um but it's slightly different so for for an example here for hypothetically uh speaking let's say you're an e-commerce business now you you might be an e-commerce business and you you might have multiple audiences and you necessarily don't have to be the face of uh of what you're selling you might be sell running ads for some expensive pins to people that love to spend money on expensive pins i'm just looking at stuff on my desk right now <laughs> right now, or you right. might uh, <laughs> yeah or you might be selling um uh sunglasses to people or, you know different even even weed like honestly let's be honest in some places that is what they're doing cbd oil is selling stuff like that yep and it's getting legalized all across the states as we speak right now and uh yeah exactly world. it could be whatever yeah, it could be whatever it is um so in podcasting it's the same you want to map out who it is but it's slightly different in the fact of in podcasting, you are the face. You are the voice of the podcast, and people are tuning in because of you. They don't necessarily have to like you, but they're tuning in because they want to hear your view, your perspective on things. Um, you know, and, and just like Russell uses that example about Howard Stern, like half the people love him, half the people hate him, but all the eyeballs are on him. It's the same thing with your podcast. People are tuning in because of you, first and foremost. That's that's the main reason why they're coming. So, what I recommend then is uh, for your podcast audience to be who you were yesterday. That means you don't have to have all the answers. Let's say if you're in, you have a podcast about e-commerce, you're more likely very passionate about e-commerce. You're probably in it as well, and you're probably going to be talking about things that you know about e-commerce and things that you're currently learning. And you can sh share this like I share in mine. Hey, look, guys, I don't have all the answers, but I'm willing to stick my neck on the line and go out and find them and share everything I learned in the process. So that's what I always uh, recommend for um, dialing in on the who. And then uh, third W, we're, we're going to get into where. And this is really important as well. Where are you taking them? What's the mission behind your podcast? Everybody needs a fearless leader that they can get behind, um, that can articulate a future that they not that they desire and have hope in. It has to be something that they desire, and they have to have hope in the future. People that fear the future, they're they they become paralyzed and they don't take action. And um, you know, if you can offer hope into the future of a future that they desire, it renders them perceptive to change and to actually move forward. And so you got to be able to articulate that where you're taking them in your podcast. And then uh, finally, the why. Why should they listen to you? And this is a big one. Now, obviously, you know, what what makes you different from other people? Well, you, you're you. So that's, that's your, you got a head start right there. It's great. But you need a little bit more than that. So if like it, we'll go back to the e-commerce example, example, there's hundreds, maybe even thousands of e-commerce podcasts out there. So what makes you different and why should people listen to you? Now, um, I hit on this right out the gate. If you look at my show description, I say from living with convicted felons for over five years of my life to rubbing elbows with multimillionaires every day. I'm a student of psychology, business and marketing with a unique perspective from both extremes of life that hits on right out the gate it's interesting it's why they should listen to me it's like hey, this guy's got a different unique view and a pretty interesting story and i want to come check it out so obviously you may have not been to prison i don't think uh, most people don't go to prison but there's something 
<laughs> there's something unique that you can come at it. There's some unique angle that you could take. And um, it necessary. you don't even have to have a crazy story. You might be really good at injecting humor throughout your uh, podcast where everybody else is real cut and dry and professional. And now you're not only just educating people, but you're entertaining them in the process. And that makes you different. It makes you stand out. Um, you, you might – and a good, good, a good way to do this, guys, is to – what I have all my students do is to list out the top 10 podcasts, the, the top 10 e-commerce podcasts in your space uh, that's out there on iTunes and then list them out. Now you have those people to invite on your show down in the future or you go on theirs, whatever. But more importantly, now you have that list and then look at it and say, what makes me – how can I come at this and be different from all these other 10 podcasts, these top 10? And that's how you're going to separate yourself from the rest and, and make sure it's true to yourself, something that it's really you. Um, but yeah, man, those are the four W's you would, you're going to hit on these throughout your, your, the name of your show, your show description in your intro, the topics that you cover, and it's going to be thoroughly communicated over and over and over throughout your entire podcast and your, and of you building your podcast to, uh, your ideal listener. Okay. So I'm going to throw a curveball at you. You ready? Cause that was amazing. But I want to throw a curveball. Thanks, is, that man. Cool? is that cool? Can I throw a curveball? Absolutely. Sweet. All right. So here yeah. it is. So for those people that actually don't know what makes them unique and how they basically create their own show, how would they find that thing that makes them different? Like how would they write that description in a way that's different? Yeah. And that's a great question. That's always seems to be the toughest thing. And and so like, like when I was talking about when you map out those uh, 10 different podcasts, the top podcasts that are that, that are the same in your space, like the 10 different e-commerce, you, you really know what those podcasts are about. Check them out, figure out a way that you can come at it uniquely different. So like I mentioned, you might not have went to prison like I have and had that crazy backstory. You might just be a really average person that's like had such an average life. Like when I say that, I mean like like it's like the very common with everybody else is like you grew up the same way and didn't ha didn't have something like crazy exciting happen to you. You don't have to have a crazy backstory. You could be the average guy. You can even use that as your as your lead. Like, hey man, I'm just an average regular dude that 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 made it in business or that's doing it. In, in business right now or whatnot, but find a unique way to to attack the show. Maybe like I was talking when I used a humor example where everybody else is cut and dry, or you might be very very polarizing versus everybody else is like too, in, in that in, in your space that's doing the podcast is too scared to be polarizing or whatnot. Find a way that just separates you from other shows so it's not the same thing as everybody else. It's got to be different somehow. That's good because like that's something that I personally myself have a lot of issues with is like figuring out what makes me different and like what makes my show different. So I'm probably going to ask you a couple of questions later on down the line. Be like, yo, how do I do this? <laughs> just expect that. <laughs> uh, but, dude, yeah. I, I think you're a killer host, dude. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, it's one of the things that I've really like cultivated over time is like I'm so, so the craziest thing is even though I'm really good at what I do for other people, I'm terrible at doing it for myself. And I remember speaking to John Benson about <laughs> this. Um, he was reading one of my sales letters and he was just like, okay, here's the problem. He goes, you don't believe any of the stuff you've written. I was like, he goes, it's not a negative. Like, all your results are factual. All the things that you've done are factual. Everything you're teaching is 100% real. 
the only difference is you don't believe in it. He go and John, um, you know, he and I had this back and forth, but like the thing that he was actually aiming for was basically, and the analogy that I took away from it, it's like, here's a hundred percent proof that there is a God and that you're basically kind of going, nah, it's cool, bro. I'm an atheist or the other way around. He's like, basically you're denying whatever is in front of you as factual because you don't believe in it. I was like, oh shit, fair enough. It was like, so that's basically mm-hmm. where my brain goes to. So because of, I didn't know that for a long time, I have a hard time uh, conveying that. I actually kind of like, surprisingly, you're not the only person that said that to me. I don't mean that in a big headed way. I just mean to say that that's actually a hook that I personally will be rewriting into my show description because my show description is the show description I had like five years ago when I started the show. I have to update that shit now because I just realized, oh crap, I haven't done that. So thank you for the reminder. Um, but what I'm getting at is essentially, if you don't know what you're good at and you're listening to this, ask other people. Ask them what you're good at. So like this show, the whole title of Adela Marcy Unplugged, literally came about, I think, in season one, when um, one of my guests and I had this whole conversation, and he just went, because, dude, every time I talk to you, it's like, we're just getting unplugged. I was like, that's a great name. He goes, yeah, you're off the record. I was like, but I didn't want to have a show called Adam Marcy off the record because it just seemed too samey. So I was like, what's something different? Let's go with Unplugged. And I just spent, I spent years cultivating the ability to actually host properly. Now, kind of jumping off of that because, you know, you did kind of give me a good, good response there. So jumping off of that, what I wanted to ask was when it comes down to actually finding guests, what is your biggest obstacle that you found? Because that is something that I do know. Like I was thinking about this in uh, when you were giving the example with ecom. If you were looking at the top ten people in ecom, and you went, you know, check their show out or reached out to them to be on their show or have them on your show, what do you do in order to actually kind of secure it to make sure that they do come on your show? Yeah, man. So another great question. And so there's literally like. I feel like there's unlimited ways to uh, find guests, good guests for your show. Uh, I'll show you, share some of the top ways that I find guests for my show. So, like um, when I when I launched and it became a top 200 rated podcast right out the gate. Before this, I was I literally and I literally launched my podcast. It's, this is another another funny story, but it ties right into this question. So I'm just gonna share it real quick. Um, I, I was really big on YouTube for like a year and a half and I wasn't, I, I put off putting my uh, podcast out because I, I prefer video, honestly. Um, and so I was putting off the podcast and then I'm sitting here, you know, this guy that got out of prison and turned his life around, but was struggling. And every, anytime I tried to collaborate with anybody, uh, nobody wanted to do anything with me. And I, and I was just literally the ex convict turned entrepreneur afterthought that nobody wanted to give the time of day to. And um, I was going through in 2017, I'd got the Expert Secrets book, and then that's where it was like I, I dove into the Click Funnels world and got the Funnel Hacks class or whatever. And as I was going through the Funnel Hacks class, um, Russell was talking, get, sharing the story of this dude that was going through the same thing I did. He's like, nobody gave him the time of day. Um, uh, nobody wanted to do anything with him. And then he launched his podcast, and everybody was beating on his door. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do this, man. I'm done playing games. Like, let's do it. All right. And because that just resonated with me. And um, before that, I was trying to collaborate with Billy Gina's marketing because I met him at an event and I sent him a message before I launched the podcast trying to get him to come on my online summit that I was putting together. I didn't even know what the hell I was doing then. <laughs> and and, um, 
and he opened up the message right away. He opened it up and didn't even um, it, it didn't respond. And and then I launched a podcast, became a top 200 podcast in the first week. And I sent him a message after that and said, Billy, I just ranked my podcast top 200. I'd love to have you a guest on my show, man. Can we make that happen? He opened it up right away and then sent me a message right away uh, with his assistant's email and said she got my schedule. And then we got him on the show right away. And that was crazy. So long story short, I leveraged leverage that that ranking to get like these celebrity types onto the show and consistently did that but some ways that like uh they they you can do that is um like finding people like if you're looking at other podcasters uh look at like the, the people that align with your show you might not say you're not a top top rated podcaster or don't have that that ranking or whatnot and you're you're still looking to, to grow it and get up there so find people that align with your show that maybe not be like the top in your industry, but you know, have a good show that would be a lot, you know, like they, they, it would be a perfect fit for both of you guys to do an interview swap, just like we're doing. Um, and then reach out to them, man. And what I like to do is you, you could search on iTunes and then find them. And then first thing I'll do is I'll try to see if they're on Facebook and connect with them there. Cause that's where I hang out the most. Um, and if they're there, perfect. Then what I do is I send them a voicemail, of our voicemail, voice message on Facebook, uh, because I feel like it's more personal and um and I sh I share my intention with them, but also don't come off in a spammy way. And uh, like I mentioned, I did network marketing for two years, and I learned the way not to network. So I was very grateful for that experience. But um, I will literally get on there and just be like. Hey man, uh, you know I seen you on uh, on iTunes on the new and noteworthy section. It looks like you got a really killer show, man. Uh, dude, I love connecting with podcasters anytime I can. Podcasting has totally changed the game for me and my business, and it looks like it's doing the same for you. Hey, I, I would love to connect with you and do a podcast interview swap. I know it's a great way to uh, grow your podcast. If uh, that's something you're looking into and that you that you'd be up for, man, I would love to hop on a call and discuss that with you further. If that's something that you're not looking forward to and not at the moment, no worries, no. Problem pressure man hey it's still good to connect and i hope to collaborate with you in the future and by saying something like that and that that way you're giving them an out so it's not spammy and you're you're like genuinely connecting with them and offering them value at the same time and building a real relationship with someone so that's how i would recommend doing that and there there's literally like unlimited ways though to, to get guests on your show i agree and by the way anyone that listened to that um go back listen to it again that is the perfect script that you can have for something like this. Because you basically sent me something similar to that effect. And I don't think I got on the phone with you. I think my only response was, dude, love your stuff. Let's do this. <laughs> it was like so quick. Yep. It was like, yep. yeah, let's do it. <laughs> but I will say yeah, one, dude, one thing. Go on, sorry, you're saying? Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, no, you first, dude. I was going to say, man, yeah, it, it's, it's really it, – because it, so many people will – will ruin it and I and I say this because I used to be that guy that would ruin a relationship right out the gate because you're so focused on what you want and when you message the person it's all about me 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 buy my shit or whatever you know it's it's really you got to come from a place of having that intention coming from a place of respect and also being able to offer them value with complete detachment of the outcome uh, and giving that person out. If they don't want to do something with you, let them know it's totally chill and that you're happy to be connected with them and stuff. Agreed. And that's the mo that's one of the most powerful things I actually love about the way that you actually can connect with people um, today. And 
Sorry, I just had like a complete fucking brain fog right now. It's really annoying. Because <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> as soon as you said it, my brain went, oh shit, I should totally do that. And then it's like, shut up, brain. Come back out of the rabbit hole. Out of the rabbit hole. <laughs> you, got, you have days like that from time to time. But one of the things I really like admire about you is just, again, the candidness of that you have for how your approach is. And again, you said it yourself. You're a, study, you're a student of psychology, human behavior, and everything else that we do. My question herein lies... And it's one of my favorite questions, so feel free to just go out. I, mean, I, I usually ask for like five, but lately I've been asking for ten. I think I'm going to go for ten to get today. Um, if you had to recommend ten books to people to read, what would they be? And before you jump off, let, let me give you a quick uh, criteria. The criteria is seven of those books have to be nonfiction, and three of them can either be fictional books or movies that people should watch. Oh, wow. Ten of them. Awesome. So <laughs> that's great. I'm going to have to sit here and cheat and look at my bookshelf just to uh, <laughs> make sure that I'm giving the right ones. But uh, one that I read recently, um, which is a must that I feel because it really helped me. Like, dude, I, I even created a segment on my show because of this whole book. And we're actually going through the book chapter by chapter right now um, oh, because it was I feel like it, it was so good. Um, is It's called The One Thing by Gary Keller. And um, man. Yeah, dude, it really is. And it's like, because I'm sitting here all over the place trying to do everything and not doing all this busy work and never getting anywhere. I mean, I was getting places, but dude, when I lasered down and started just focusing on that one thing and, and doing what this book shows you to do, I, I, leaps and bounds, quantum leaps, dude, it was, it's incredible. So definitely the one thing by Gary Keller. Um, another great one, uh, more like to the psychology side, um, is I, I it, it's, it, a lot of people would like a lot, either you love the guy or you hate the guy, but the guy's dominating. But it's so like there's so many good psychological principles in this book, and it's the Awaken the Giant Within with uh, from Tony Great Robbins. Robbins. Great book. Yeah, man, it's like those are like real solid principles of how the hum, how human, how we, how we act and respond as humans. Uh, so that's a, definitely a great one. Another one I really like. It's uh, doesn't have a lot of how to. But it's about like that whole mindset makeup of like a champion, and it's uh, relentless by Tim Grover. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, dude, that is so good. He he trained uh, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, um, you know the greatest of the great in the NBA, and um, and, and he just talks about that relentless mentality of what it takes to really win, and um, and and, it, and it's really good. So like I like to balance that book with the one thing because because relentless like work all the time go all out and then one thing's like now do less less is more and it's like I like have that relentless attitude towards my one thing and it's like it's like a perfect balance but but yeah man uh, and then uh, some some other books that I that I really enjoy uh, contagious by Jonah Berger was a really good uh, book uh, as far as like the psychology of like marketing, what re what catches on, what make th makes things go viral or whatnot. Uh, it's, a, it's a great book as well. Um, and then I would also recommend uh, Influence by, I can never say his last name, Robert Cialdini. Cialdini. You said it, cor you said it um, correctly, Cialdini. Cialdini, yeah. Man, that, that dude is... A genius and um and and it's such a great book i mean i would recommend reading that book once a year if you're a marketer for real um and then what other books can i see over here um believe it or not expert secrets is a good book it's what really like opened up my eyes to a lot of stuff 
However, don't take everything literally to heart. Like, just don't fake it till you make it. Be don't yourself. Drink the and, and, don't drink the yeah, Kool-Aid. Don't, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Exactly, man. Like, if you're going to read that book, but don't act further along than what you really are. And you don't have to act further along what you really are. Man, people will respect you so much more if you just tell them straight up, hey, this is where I'm at. I don't have all the answers, but I'm willing to stick my neck on the line. Um, boom. You know, but the the um, the actual little step-by-step he takes you through there is pretty – uh, pretty dope, and it'll help open your eyes a lot to uh, building that um, that personal brand of your of yours or whatnot, becoming the the expert in the process. Um, another good book, man. Let me think here, man, because uh, uh, I would say uh, I really like the Power of Habit uh, by Charles uh, Duhigg, Ooh, and uh, nice. that was that was. Yeah, that was a really good one, man. I I really into stuff like that, you know, habitual and psychological factors that tr- that make up the reason why we do what we do. Um, those are always good to dive into. And uh, you got you got movies. Man. You got three movies or three like regular books. If you want to go put those okay. In. Yeah, um, outwitting the devil was another great one. So if you like think and grow rich, and you never heard of outwitting the devil. Outwitting the Devil is the best book that Napoleon Hill's ever written. It's not even Think and Grow Rich. Like this book smashes Think and Grow Rich, in my opinion, like by far. Um, it was such a great one. So I would definitely check out that as well. Movies. Well, you know, I, I love that whole underdogs, you know, vibe. That whole, you know, the the guy that isn't supposed to win, that everybody's counting out, that ends up winning anyways. Rocky Balboa. Uh, those are some great movies. I mean, I, I you know, this is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, Another great movie that I, that I, you know, I haven't, I just got back into like checking out movies because like I, I did the whole like, oh, if you're, if you're not grinding 24 seven, you're, you're a loser or whatever. I did that for a while and then I realized, hey man, you'll burn out quickly and that's not what life is all about. You got to take those breaks and actually enjoy life. And so I got back into the movie thing and I went and seen Bohemian Rhapsody and man, great that movie. was such yeah, what, dude, Freddie is the gayest gangster there ever was, period. <laughs> and uh, that that story, dude, in the way that the, the dude really got into the scene, that's a that's an incredible movie. I would definitely recommend that. And um, yeah, man, I I think I think that center did I did I hit it or am I close? I think you're one off. One off. Okay, final one. Can Sorry. I get a drum roll? Um, I would say. <laughs> I don't think I could hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it. I heard it. I would say, man, uh, can't hurt me by David. G- I can't believe I didn't think about this one. Can't hurt me by David Goggins. It's kind of a newer book. It came out like, what last year or this year? January. Oh came my out God. January this year. Amazing. Yeah. Have you? Did you? Did you yeah. get the audio book or did you get just the regular I, book? I got the regular book. I mean, is the audio book good too? Way better because it it's like I mean, that, dude. The the audiobook is actually the the ghostwriter reads it and David commentates on what's going on in those situations. Like he'll be like talking about, oh yeah, I was doing like my time in in the navy and this is all going down. And then he'll stop, turn to David and go, "Did you really do this?" And he's like, "Yeah." And this is the real insight behind what's going on. So it's like an interview audiobook podcast in one. Dude, that's dope. Yeah, I, I that's my style. I love that. I lo- love that the like you said the ghostwriters n- narrating, reading what's actually in the book, but then you get the extra 
the uh, expounded on uh, information from David himself and showing you like, hey, you know, this is what you know, this is how it went down. Yeah, it's a great fucking book. But like, what were some of your lessons from that? Because for me, it was the accountability mirror, man. Dude, just the whole mental toughness of it, man. Like literally, like there's and, and so many people go around preaching this stuff. But like, dude, it doesn't matter where the fuck you come from in life and what the hell's happened to you. It's all about your mental makeup of it, man. And like, you know, I got some dude, like I get some crazy stories that happen in prison and stuff like where that's why it resonated with me so much. And why, like, obviously the dude's a, 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 a insane nutcase, but I, I, I tend to think of myself that way at, at times. And, uh, I mean, if you don't mind, can I go on this little story? That was pretty crazy. Oh, dude, go for it. Dude. So, I, I was in the I was in, when I went to prison at 19. Uh, I was in there for four years flat the first time, and when I was 21 years old, two years into it, I went down in the hole, which the hole is a prison inside of the prison. It's uh, really dark down there. Uh, it's it's gloomy, depressing. You get uh, very little to no human interaction. We had three showers a week and then three meals that were uh, served through the chuck hole of our door each day. And, um, and, and it's dirty unless you clean up your cell and stuff. But it's like already nasty down there when you first get down there. It's just like – it's it, it's not a good place, man. It's like it, it's like where they try to keep you in like the solitary confinement thing, and um, I go down there and I was down there for some tattoo violations, uh, which means I got uh, in trouble for getting tattoos in prison, and uh, I was down there for two months. Well, that that was what they sent me down there for, and Damn. two weeks into it, yeah, man. Uh, you talk about like you want to you want something that's going to test the the human spirit and the human will man that, like that shit is you know we're social animals and and, and going to that shit is pretty crazy bit anyways uh, the guard comes and bangs on my door 2 weeks in and he's like Mr. Babcock cuff up and i'm immediately thinking that you know they're having me cuff up to go back to the captain's office i'm immediately thinking that either somebody out on the yard told on me for something that i haven't gotten in trouble for yet or they're trying to get me to tell on somebody else and at the time i'm wanting to be this you know badass or whatever and fit in with the other uh cool guys in prison and I, like i was like you know going through that whole phase and i'm like i'm like dude i ain't got shit to say fuck you guys you know i ain't going out there or whatever and like mr Beck, I cuff up or whatever i was like you know so i put on the cuffs and the shackles on my feet and it's digging into the back of my ankles feels like you're like this shit's digging into your nerves like a knife is digging into the back of your ankles it feels like i'm walking down the hallway we get back to the captain's office He's sitting behind his desk with a white shirt on, gold badge, black hat with his arms crossed behind his desk. And he says, have a seat, Mr. Babcock. I'm like, dude, I ain't got shit to say. Y'all might as well put me back in my cell, man. I got two months down to do down here. And then after that, you got to put me back out on the yard. What the fuck you guys want? And he's like, uh, well, you know when you come back. He's like, how long you been locked up? And I was like, two years. And he's like, well, you know when you come back to the captain's office, it ain't nothing good, right? I was like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Put me back in my cell. I don't have shit to say. And he says, uh, Mr. Babcock, we got a call, uh, and your mother informed us that she had to break into uh, your bathroom and found your sister dead with a needle in her, in her arm from a heroin overdose over the weekend. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, dude. Um, yeah. And, you know, like that – dude, that was the very last thing that I was expecting in that moment. And um, I don't know how to, like, really explain, like, that feeling that happened, but – a deal like my 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 vision blacked out to nothing like it slowly went to nothing 
And then like my vision came back in this adrenaline rush burst through my body like a fucking bolt of lightning and then just tears started flooding down my face and uh and then they gave me a 30 second phone call to my mom like legit 30 seconds we're on the phone bawling our eyes out to each other she's telling me she loves me i'm telling her i love her and then the phone hangs up and then uh i i asked them to put me back in my cell i was like i dude i don't want to be in there with my celly right now i just want some alone time and then for the next – and luckily, you know, they, they were nice enough and they put me in there. And uh, for the next three days, I'm sitting there in this 8 by 10 cell. I could literally walk three steps one way and three steps the next if I'm lucky. You got a, a bunk, uh, your your toilet and sink in this 8 by 10 cell. It's small. And uh, I'm, I'm stuck in there by myself. All I could think about is all the, the mean things I ever did to my sister and the goodbye that I never get to tell her. Um, I'm just like legit going insane and I didn't even get out of my bed. I'm sitting there just like bawling my eyes out and thinking about all this shit. And uh, on that third day, though, man, I woke up and I'm like, you know, why am I still even here? Uh, you know, what 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 is the purpose? And and there's got to be a reason because I'm still here. And I didn't I, I didn't I didn't know what the hell that reason was, but I was asking myself these questions. And I and I and I said, what can I do right now to make myself feel better uh, in this situation? And dude, that's that's such a powerful question to ask yourself um, because it, it got me to find out what I had power over in that situation and, uh, and what I could do can to control that circumstance. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here, I am sitting in an eight by 10 cell. I don't really have much freedom, but there's still freedoms that can't be stripped from me. And I, I started going into this crazy, like, if you think, if you think OCD is something, man, it don't have shit on what I'm about to tell you to. <laughs> like I, I, I developed this routine. Like I, I, I clean, we had two bathing towels and I took one of them and ripped them up into a bunch of mini rags. And I used one to scrub my walls with the other one to scrub my sink, the other one to scrub my toilet. Then I'd sweep the floor of my bare hands, gather up all the dust bunnies and take some toilet paper, wad it up and get it damp and then pick up all the dust bunnies off the floor and flush it down the toilet. Then I take my final rag, get it nice and soapy ring it out on the floor and then scrub the floor uh do, like hand scrub it and my whole entire cell was like squeaky clean afterwards and what that did i felt good i felt like man i did something today i i, I cleaned up my i dominated my space i own this space this is my shit and i fucking took care of it and uh and then i would do my workouts afterwards like every single second of the day like to the t like the nurse would come around every day at 11 a.m. and I would always get up and talk to her and uh, get grab a uh, I can't even remember what they call them, a MSR medical service report is what they called them and even though I didn't you know necessarily need it or whatever I just grab a sheet from her or whatever and uh, to have that conversation whenever she would come around at 11 I would do the lunch would come around you know I would do certain things like write my letters at the same time write or uh, read read the Bible at the same time like all this stuff and what that did dude during that whole two months that I was down there at the very end of it after I had just went through this tragic experience with losing my sister it gave me a peace of mind in a really dark time and I was I became I became became grateful just for everything that I had I was grateful that I was alive that I had three meals coming into my uh, cell each day like it, it was fucking crazy but I ended up it, it, it's weird. It's hard to process that, but I was grateful for everything that I had in that moment. I can totally agree. And I can totally imagine that would be one of the things. And that's one of the biggest secrets to success really in anything is having gratitude for what you have because it always expands and grows. Yeah, it does. And 
like I don't want to leave on that note just entirely, but like unfortunately we gotta get going in a minute. But I definitely want to pull you back in for a second round if you're up for it. Dude, one hundred percent, dude. Absolutely. That'll be so much fun. Guys, go check out uh Zachary's website, which is if I remember wait, what is your website again? It is Underdog Empowerment. That, that's the one. Yeah. Underdog Empowerment uh dot com. Go check out the podcast itself go hit him up and if you guys just by hearing what we've gone through yes we did speak a lot about like zachary's past what he's done what's going on but there was so much that was said about how to get your website set up or how to get your podcast set up what to look for how to do all your all your psychological research on it books to read and by the way relentless is a great book i'm actually um going through it again uh, over summer, and I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna tag team it with the one thing and another recommendation, the uh, Alter Ego by Todd Herman. I don't know if you heard that, but mm. like those three books combined, you will just hit superhuman levels real quick. But dude, I <laughs> cannot say thank you enough for being on the show, and I appreciate you actually uh, taking the time to be here. Um, do you want anything dude. you want to say before we pass out? Nah, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's been, I, I, I love it, dude. I love connecting with you and I'm looking forward to our interview on my show and I can't wait to come back, man. Thank you. Oh man. It's so good to have you on here. Guys, I will speak to you real soon. Zachary, we will speak soon as well, my friend. Uh, as always, please rate, subscribe, share, and comment below, like review us on iTunes. Um, I appreciate it always. And guys, from Zachary and me, thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you soon.